Hello, wonderful, fantastic, greatest fans in the history of the NFL. Welcome back to another episode of Go For It with your hosts, Elijah and Nate. Nate, I hope you're doing well. It's been a minute since our last episode. Yeah, doing good. Good, good, good. We are. We have a very exciting slate of topics to discuss today. Um, we do appreciate you guys, uh, uh, everyone who's tuned into previous episodes. Thank you so much for popping back in uh, and listening to uh, another episode. For those of you coming together with us for the very first time, welcome. We hope you do not make this your one and only visit. Welcome. We are so happy to have you here on Go For It. And in case you're new to how we do things around here, at the beginning of every episode, we start off with a trivia question about the Indianapolis Colts. And Nate, he, he always right. comes up with some bangers, some absolute bangers at the beginning of every episode. He uh, knocks it out of the park with these questions. So, Nate, I've set the stage for you, brother. How about you go ahead and uh, lead us off with the trivia question? Hey, you know, I try, man. I try to put everything on you and make you feel the pressure. I mean, that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm the hey, and listen, with you and I got to put it together. <laughs> well, listen, um, I just want to tell you, the last like three or four episodes we've done, I've known the answer to the trivia question. So, including this week. Oh, okay. Well, don't give it away a little too early now. Oh, I'm not. Calm I'm yourself. Not, I'm not. Okay. Okay. Good. 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 That's all right. All right. Uh, the question today is what head coach coached in Baltimore and in Indianapolis? Mm, the only let that coach. Sink in. Yeah, let that sink in. Very interesting. I, I will just throw this out there. Once a Colt, always a Colt. Unless you're Eric Ebron. <laughs> uh, let's not bring him up. I'm telling you, I still got a little grudge on him. I do too, man. I read something this past week. He threw some shade at Chris Ballard and the boys in the back office. Mm-hmm. He recently I, threw some shade their way. So. Yeah, he said he said if he he said he would come back and uh, uh, only if uh, the front office changed. And uh, yeah, he, yeah, he's uh, yeah. Too bad the Pittsburgh game is not until like the very end of the season. <laughs> Yeah, so we could spend an entire episode talking about that if we uh, if we let ourselves. But we are on a time crunch, and like I said, we have some awesome things to talk about today. So without further ado, Nate, why don't you say we just jump right into it? The Colts, they went out and got a slew of undrafted rookie free agents right after the draft summed up for this year. And um, the Colts, they have a habit. They have made it a habit of signing undrafted rookies. They've gotten some good use out of some undrafted rookies over the years. Um, And so, Nate, for a 22nd straight season, our question to the audience today is, could the Colts be on track to sign another undrafted rookie free agent? Blank and ship. Blank and ship. Blank and ship. I knew you were going there. I knew you were going there. I knew you were going there. Hey, man, you know I'm on that hype train. <laughs> you are. Hey, you got every right to. He's a good He's a good kicker for sure. 
as of right now, with um, the unknowing of what's going to happen and what's going on with this whole COVID, if this wasn't going on, I would say most definitely because they would have had already some rookie tr uh, training practices together. They would have already had um, taken a look at them and, you know, makes it a little things easier of uh, how they want to do things for these rookies and where they at. And let's be honest, with very little physical contact recently, especially not until probably until the regular season, it's going to be really, really hard to evaluate these rookies, especially these undrafted rookies, because obviously the rookies you drafted, you technically, they kind of have a leg up to be on the roster. Not all, not every single one of them will make team. That's obviously been proven over and over again. But uh, it's really hard for an undrafted rookie to make it to the final roster, especially if with what's going on right now. And Blankenship probably has it a little bit easier since he's a kicker. And, I mean, why not? He does look like a pretty good favorite to make the team. Um, but that also means um, something horrible for uh, – Mr. Chase McLaughlin. Yes, and that is perhaps the biggest obstacle for these undrafted rookies to hurdle is just simply not having the same amount of time as usual to go out there and impress the coaching staff for the Colts. Um, and so that's going to be their number one obstacle. I think out of all the undrafted rookies that the Colts picked up this year, I, I do believe Rodrigo Blankenship has the best chance to sign with the Colts. Because the, I feel like the kicking situation is still wide open, in spite Chase McLaughlin being as consistent as he was late in the year last year. I think um, there's still a wide-open door there. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't disagree with you. I've been hearing some rumors about Colts really like a rookie from uh, Syracuse. Um, he's a defensive lineman, and there's a couple others that I can't think of right now. And I wish I could give you names, but I can't. And uh, I I can't wait to see what's going on, especially with the um, preseason going down to two games now instead of four. That has been officially been done. They're taking away week uh, one of the preseason and taking away week four of the preseason. So, I mean, let's be honest. We're probably not even going to get to see the starters play at all. I mean, to be honest, I wouldn't do it. I would not play our starters right now, mm. especially with what's going on, and just let them stay healthy, try to stay quarantined a little bit, and then try to do as much mental uh, practice as we can. And then, you know, even though how, how it's probably going to show how tired they are when it comes to physical contact and trying to push each other around and tackle each other, but, I mean, it's better to be safe than sorry. Yeah. And honestly, the way things are going before, by the time it's all said and done, we might not, we might not even get a preseason this year. I wouldn't care. No, it's kind of stings for the rookies that are trying to make it, or you know, just yep. the, not just rookies, but all the players that are on the on the fringe trying to make the fifty three man roster. It, it really does stink for them because uh, that's does. who the preseason is really valuable for. Football fans, they don't care about it. It's a small glimmer of football hope, but that's about it. Um, you know, it, what it, it really, who it really means a lot to are the players trying to make their teams. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, we'll see. 
Uh, I definitely think I definitely agree with you though, Nate. The current situation definitely creates a unique obstacle that hasn't really been faced um, by you know really by anyone in sports uh, in our lifetime. So we'll just have I to just wait wanna, to see how that pans out. Yeah, I just want to see how everything's going to go with the NBA and the ML, MLB about to start back up and see how that goes and. Hopefully by that time, maybe we'll have something to take care of this COVID-19 and maybe, you know, we'll kind of get back to where things are. Who knows? Yeah. Victor Aladipo is not, he's not coming back for the restart of the season. So that kind of has me irritated. I understand him. At first it kind of got under my skin a little bit. It's like, are you serious? Before this whole COVID-19 started happening, you were trying to fight your way back in and yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, obviously we stopped and then trying to get it back up and then you decide not to. But after I thought about it, it was like, you know what? He is probably actually making the best decision because he probably believes himself that he tried to come in too early, try to come back too early. And mm-hmm. he even knew he wasn't 100%. Well, and they, they, he game, was being limited. Like they were pulling him out of games. Well, yeah, because his leg would end up swelling, mm-hmm. swelling out bad. If yeah. you would look it up, uh, look it up. Yeah, he would be um, taking those breaks, and his knees would be like the size of a softball or something like that. I yeah. mean, that's not good. Yeah, and so and the Pacers. I mean, obviously this isn't a Pacers podcast, but it is Indiana sports. So yeah, uh, but yeah, the Pacers are. I mean, they they've clinched a playoff spot, and they're actually they've been playing pretty well so far without Victor Oladipo. They are better with him on the court, but but anyway. Um, I just love watching him play, and it stinks he's not coming back. But maybe we can get back to some nor- normalcy and get some sports back if they just want to do it safely. Um, but it definitely yeah. does present a uh, unique hurdle for them. So, And for us to just give a straight-out answer, I say yes, that they are going to still add a, for a 22nd straight season, a undrafted free agent. Yes, I agree with that answer as well. So, uh, you know, most fantasy football leagues – you have your standard. You have your standard standard picks. You know, three wide receivers, two running backs, a quarterback, a tight end, kicker, defense. Um, sometimes they change it up. You know, add a add a fourth wide receiver, or you know, they take out the tight end and add a second flex, or you know, they might add a uh, another running back position. You know, things like that kind of get thrown around. But Nate, then you have the really big weirdos out there. <laughs> who decide they want to have a defensive player, whether it be on the defensive line, linebacker, a defensive back. They want to have – they just want to give the defense some love in fantasy football and just throw a defensive position out there. Um, and so for you weirdos out there, uh, <laughs> for a brief moment here, we wanted to uh, kind of discuss that if we happened to find ourselves in a weird fantasy football league that uh, for some reason included an option to draft a defensive player specifically, who <laughs> would that pick from the Colts be? And Nate, I have my answer. You're not going to be surprised at all. Probably probably not. Probably not. Lewis. I... I'm just kidding. Oh, whoa. Then that <laughs> is a surprise. Kidding. I mean, I'm come on, kidding. man. That's expect to joke. lose then expect <laughs> to lose you won't play oh <laughs> oh man no my my real pick my real pick is middle linebacker darius leonard 
That's an mm-hmm. easy one for me. Uh, now, you could make the case for maybe Kenny Moore. He, I feel like he would get a lot of points because he gets sacks. Uh, he gets pass deflections, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, he's a very dynamic player, but he's not on the field nearly as much as Darius Leonard is. So I think it's an easy pick for me, Darius Leonard. It is. It's a very easy pick. And I've been part of these leagues. I've probably, last year, I was maybe in two or three of them where they would give us the option of drafting or picking up a defensive player. And that's who I got. I got Darius Leonard, and he did a lot of great things for me. <laughs> for sure, he, he provided me a lot of points. And with during the time that he was uh, gone, I had uh, Van Der Esch. And then obviously oh, Van Der Esch, for some reason, couldn't stay healthy. But during the time I had him, it, it just me switching him, it didn't hurt me that bad at all because Van Der Esch is a tackling machine as well, which is absolutely ridiculous. And then when Van Der Esch got hurt and wasn't playing for a while and Darius Leonard was still out, you know who else I got? Mr. Anthony Walker. And he did a phenomenal job for me. And me and you are on the same page. Darius Leonard all the way. And Kenny Moore is definitely a close second. And yes. I would even throw in uh, uh, Kari Willis with how much mm-hmm. of uh, things he's done for the Colts as a defensive back. And defensive line is kind of actually pretty hard. If a uh, if uh, uh, Teray was able to show us all, uh, last year all that he could do, maybe it would be a third or fourth choice. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe if Justin Houston was kind of not as old as he is i know that sounds pretty bad he's kind and of a if wild card still, if 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 i knew he still had a little bit left in him maybe but it is definitely pretty hard for defensive lineman wise and i'm not just picking on justin houston houston <laughs> i just mean the whole defensive line it's yeah. just very hard to figure out unless Whoa. you're the rams and you have you know mr <laughs> Aaron Mr. Donald. 99, Aaron Donald, right? <laughs> so it's just well, and before you guys it's like you don't know what to do. Yeah, and before you guys blow your top, we are going to mention DeForest Buckner. I think yeah, you gotta consider him uh, all-star defensive tackle. Um, as long as he can bring that same energy and that same level of effectiveness to Indianapolis, then he's definitely mm-hmm. someone to consider if you find yourself in a fantasy football league and you want to pick up a Colts defender. Uh, you can't you can't have the conversation without without throwing DeForest Buckner in there. He's a very great player. He had a great uh, great year this past year in San Francisco. Um, so if you find yourself there, if you find yourself in a fantasy football league with a weird option to select a defensive player, um, there there are a handful of guys on the Indianapolis Colts roster that you should seriously consider. And it's not just because we are very much biased Colts fans. I think there are some really good. <laughs> you know, talented athletes on the defensive side of the ball for Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just a, you know, just a nice little thing to throw in there. Something to think about. I didn't even know it was an option, Nate. I I can tell you I've been playing fantasy football for probably the last seven years. And I have never once participated in a league that had an option for a defensive, uh, defensive player, a specific defensive position. if, If you didn't know, you could also, uh, Instead of having just two quarterback spots, in a way you can end up drafting four quarterbacks and playing them, and that's by adding a off offense. It's called offensive player. Uh, 
I think it's called offensive player start or something like that. And you can pick up a quarterback and put him in the starting slot and you'd get obviously more points by doing that, which is actually pretty <laughs> cool too. So yeah. in a way you're kind of like cheating, you know, kind of making it <laughs> to like run away train. Like if I could, man, I'd draft Patrick Mahomes. I draft a Sean Watson. I would Lamar draft Jackson. Him. Lamar Jackson. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, it's like you got the all the weapons, man. You don't even need these wide receivers. You don't even need the running backs. Yeah, you no got kidding. these three or four Just, quarterbacks <laughs> to give you points. That would be utter chaos. That would be madness. But so, Nate, we are on to I believe it's week five in our path to the playoff segment, and we have the Cincinnati Bengals and the beloved. Joe Burrow, rookie out of LSU, coming to Indianapolis to face off against the Colts this year uh, on October 18th at 1 p.m. It's kind of, I mean, it's kind of cool that we are playing them in the regular season. Um, you know, it's tradition every year. We have week four preseason game against Bengals for whatever reason. Um, it's been like that for a number of years now. That's not going to happen. And so it's, you know, it's kind Thankfully. of ideal that they're playing. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not going to act like I'm beat I'm up. I'm not kidding, man. It's a tradition I wish they'd get rid of. I really do. <laughs> it's kind of odd. And it's and it's not a tradition that Bengals, that like if you're not a Bengals fan or a Colts fan, you're not even going to know that that exists. But, uh, uh, but yeah, you know, they are facing each other in the regular season. I believe the last time they faced each other, was it, uh, was it week one of 2018? It was two years ago. Yeah, they were back-to-back. Yeah, Colts lost that game, as they lose pretty much every season opener. But anyway, uh, facing Cincinnati in Indianapolis, 1 p.m. Nate, what, uh, I'm going to let you take this one away uh, to start off. What, what are your predictions for this game? Predictions is, is this is probably going to be a close game. I'm not going to uh, sugarcoat it. Because even though Joe Burrow is still a rookie, there's something going on up in uh, uh, Cincinnati. I don't know what, but something's going on. And, um, I'm not going to say it's their defense, but it's it's going to be their offense with Joe. And you still got A.J. Green. Uh, you picked up uh, Higgins from Clemson, right? Higgins from Clemson, or did they? Booty? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. I want to say, yeah, I want to say he got drafted by Cincinnati, and then. Uh, and you have a great uh, uh, tight end group as well. I, I, their names escape me at the moment. But you, if you, if they end up having the right offense for Joe Burrow, it could get pretty interesting. And I, and I believe just as Elijah does that the Colts defense is probably going to be top ten. I want to be top five, maybe number one. Let's go for number one. Yes. <laughs> Let's go number one. Although in the top ten, it's going to be number one. I mean, come on. Uh, I just feel that somehow Joe Burrow is just going to make the Colts look silly at times. And, yeah, <sighs> Joe Burrow is going to make his mistakes, but you also got to remember, he's number one draft pick for a reason. They're not drafting him to just start a season – and then be mediocre. They're drafting him to be a Peyton Manning. They're drafting him to be Andrew Luck. You know, 
he's he's going he's going to be a guy that they're going to be going to and running their offense through. And I believe though that the Colts offensively wise will be right in tiptoe with the Bengals because obviously the Colts I I believe they're going to be uh step for step, they're going to be uh rocking, they're going to be in sync. TY Hilton's going to be on fire. I believe Marlon Mack and uh, John Taylor will be on fire. Uh, oh man, I'm I'm trying to go so excited that I'm forgetting names here, and I'm I'm so sorry for that. But Michael Pittman Jr. as well, I believe he's going to have a monster game as well. This could be a game for the ages, and I say it's going to be a high-scoring game. I would want say thirty-eight. 31. So Colts up by a touchdown. Hmm. I like it, Nate. I really do like it. Uh, there are a few things taken into consideration. First and foremost, Colts playing in Indianapolis, and I don't have them losing very many home games all season long. And I definitely don't think it's going to happen against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Joe Burrow is definitely an exciting pick. He's going to be one of the big, bigger stories of the season. Um, uh, people are going to be watching him. All eyes are going to be on Joe Burrow and seeing how he performs. But there are so many question marks for the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, mm-hmm. I think Nate, I think maybe you give them a little too much credit here because there there's so many question marks. Uh, offensive lines mediocre. You got to be able to protect the guy. He's still going to be learning the game at the professional level. If you can't protect him against a Colts defensive line that looks to be stacked this year, that looks to be dangerous this year in a defensive back uh, unit to back up that defensive line play that is, I I think, going to give Joe Burrow problems. I think the Colts have a type of defense that will give your, uh, that will give the majority of rookie quarterbacks problems. And on the other side of the ball for the Bengals, I was just looking up while you were talking, Nate, I was just looking up, the Bengals had one of the worst defenses last year. Mm -hmm. Um, They allowed the most yards per play at 6.1 yards per play, and they finished Mm -hmm. 29th in the the league in total defense. Um, The Cincinnati Bengals, they kind of have a notorious reputation uh, in their leadership and their ownership for kind of just being too relaxed, not really being go-getters, not really being that unit that, that fights hard to get talent there. Um, and that's really a shame. I'm rooting for Joe Burrow. I don't know much about him. I don't follow college football the way I need to. But, you know, there's no there's no football fan of any caliber that does not know of Joe Burrow to some extent. The dude had an absolutely monster year um, before entering the NFL draft, uh, ran away with the Heisman, um, and was just – he just went on a tear. And he obviously, very obviously has a lot of talent. Um, but – his, he's still a rookie. Um, not everybody is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Peyton Manning, as great as his career was, um, threw an ungodly amount of interceptions. Um, he still holds the record to this day, as a matter of fact, um, uh-huh. for most interceptions thrown by a rookie in a single season. Um, and he turned out to be who I would consider to be the greatest quarterback of all time. Um, So my point behind all that is you've got to have a good supporting cast, especially in your first year in the league. And I don't think Joe Burrow is going to be able to do enough. Cincinnati is going to have a rough year for starters. This is, they are in full rebuild mode. 
Um, and they just drafted their perennial franchise leader on the offense. So um, this yeah. is in Indianapolis. They, with all that, go ahead, Nate. No, I was just going to say, just remember, too, that after they drafted Joe Burrow, they went ahead and drafted an offensive lineman. So it's not like they did decided not to address the offensive line. And um, it, in a way, they still improved it. Obviously, it just hasn't been seen. Mm-hmm. And then also, you can agree with me, Elijah, that for some odd reason, when the Cincinnati Bengals come to town, or even us going to Cincinnati, we just end up having a close to the nail-biting end yes. of a game. And somehow we still come out on the losing end. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I, I was going to say something to that effect and I forgot. But Bengals and Colts games, always they're, it seems like they are always nail-biters. Um, they can always go either direction. For some reason, even, even though the Bengals have really had mediocre teams for the last five years at least, um, you know, they for some reason seem to give the Colts problems. And so I definitely think this will be an exciting game to watch. But with all the with all the question marks and with it being in Indianapolis, I think the Colts definitely run away with this game. Um, I think they score over thirty points. Um, well, I'm going to say they score thirty points and Bengals score twenty. Okay. So, so it'll be it'll be competitive, but I think on the uh, towards the end of the second half, the Colts are going to kind of run away with the game. That's what they're supposed to do. Come on now. <laughs> Absolutely. They're going to run away with every game. They're going to go 16-0 and win the Super Bowl. Come on. Oh, well, that's not – hey, hey, hey. Let's put our feet back on the ground. Oh, come <laughs> on. Come on. You you said we're going to have the number one defense. I can I can have a hot take. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That Mine's true. probably you got a, it. Lot, you a go. lot hotter of a take than yours, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Darius Leonard's once a uh, number one ranked defense, so – Hey, we can do it. If he believes it, it. I believe it. Yeah, I believe it too. I do not. I never doubt that man. Better not. No, no, (laughs) never doubt the maniac, especially as a Colts fan. You're not a Colts fan if you doubt the maniac. In other NFL news, Jadavion Clowney, um, he still hasn't been signed to anyone, which comes as a surprise to me, and I'm sure it comes as a shocker to many fans uh, around the league. Um. He he's shown a lot of promise and a lot of potential, and he's had some great moments. He struggles with some injury problems, um, but you know, played for Seattle this past year, didn't resign with them. Still is a free agent. So the question that Nate and I wanted to pose to all of our listeners: If Jadavion Clowney is around the price range for the Colts, if he's willing to meet a a price that the Colts are willing to pay. And they have a mutual understanding on the business end. Um, as far as the competitive end, should the Colts pursue Clowney? I'll let you answer this one, boss. <laughs> <laughs> this is hard for me, Nate. Um, he's a, he's the defensive end by default. Um, for that reason, if if he was like a you know three technique guy on the inside defensive tackle. I think bring him in to at least compete. Um, and you can make the same – I mean, I guess you can make the same argument for the defensive end position. Justin Houston is older, and there's no guarantee he will be with us beyond this season. Um, and I don't want to sell Justin Houston short. He had a phenomenal year last year. I believe he led the defense in sacks with 11. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. Um, you know, 
played so well. That oof, that Chiefs game still gives me chills when he uh, stopped him on fourth and one. Um, and uh, very good play. Oh, he stopped him in the backfield and grabbed that, uh, grabbed the ankles of the running back, stopped him in the backfield, and then he just. <laughs> He just looks right at the Chiefs, the uh, Chiefs bench, and flexes and like pounds his chest. That oh moment, yeah, because that moment with us cool. being at the record that we had, uh, with him making that tackle, he's like, "You're going to regret uh, getting rid of me and not re-signing me," because he fully admitted that he wanted to stay as a Kansas City Chief for life, but they just wasn't willing to work with him. And then obviously that game was personal. He said it wasn't personal, but. Let's be it honest. It was personal. You've been on, you've been on a team your, almost your whole career. It was personal. I mean, come on. Yeah. And then with you making that tackle just showed that with the momentum that the Colts were at at the time, he was saying, you regret getting rid of me. Yeah, and that was just a pure, raw, emotional moment for him. And that's what he kind of he kind of revealed his cards to everyone when he did that. It was definitely a personal game. And, and you know, he earned – he earned the respect for everyone to say to not doubt him and to say, "Look, this guy's still got something left in the tank." And so, until until he shows otherwise, um, I think we've really built some good depth all over the the defense. Jadavion Clowney, you got to remember also too how Chris Ballard thinks, how the Colts organization thinks. They want the guys they pick up to fit their mold, to fit their culture. Not saying that Jadavion Clowney wouldn't. Um, he seems like right. a pretty upstanding guy. I'm not saying that he has a bad mentality or anything. I'm just saying that the Colts are also going to look at it from that perspective as well. Um, I think I think Chris Ballard, he was hot and heavy with free agency this year. And I think he's done about all he is going to do. Um, but yeah. this isn't this isn't what do you think Chris Ballard will do. This this is a should they pursue him. Um, and I'm just going to say, based on 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 these grounds that I just mentioned, uh, I don't think the Colts should pursue Jadavion Clowney. I wanted them to at first, um, but I think they I think they just they wash their hands of this and they will kind of walk away from it. Especially because he's not even a lock. Um, he's not even a lock to be able to stay on the field. He's been struggling with injuries as of recent. I agree 100% with you. Unless Justin Houston or some other players on the defensive end position, for some reason we have freak accidents and have a bunch of injuries or COVID-19 related things, more than likely that's probably when the Colts will think about bringing in Javion Clowney. That's only if he's still on the uh, market, you know, because Mm -hmm. obviously just because of his name and how hyped up he is, um, around the NFL, he probably will get picked up before oh, yeah. the season starts. Definitely. But um, but just for sake of argument, if supposedly something happens to some of the defensive ends on the Colts, <clears throat> that would be the only time that the Colts would even consider bringing in Shadavion Clowney. Yeah. Other than that, I wouldn't give him a second thought because you definitely made a good point that there's already great depth in that position. We got guys that can play multiple positions um, that from the interior and to the outside. Uh, so, no, yeah, 100% with you. No way. Absolutely. Yep. I think that's something uh, that they uh, definitely stay away from. Unless, like you said, the situation has to be quite just right. Say he's not signed as the season progresses and someone gets hurt, he's still out there. At that point, might be a different story. But until then, um, yeah, Nate, I think you and I are on the same page. 
just kind of walk away from this one. Yeah, are we ever going to fight like we did <clears throat> not too long ago? Let's have a little <laughs> debate. Uh, I don't know. That I think that's just going to just kind of jump out at us out of nowhere. I think we're not going to see that one coming. <laughs> so <laughs> that could, yeah, that could be true. It's not like when you're watching Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp get at it, and that's the whole point of the show. Those yeah. two never agree on anything. Yeah, undisputed. There's a reason why it's called that. <laughs> So the New England Patriots and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have something in common. Aside from the fact that they share, well, they don't share a quarterback. Tampa Bay, uh, they have, as it is to no secret whatsoever, um, Tampa Bay, earlier in the offseason, signed Tom Brady, former quarterback for the New England Patriots. I say that like we don't all know that. I mean, come on. Uh, (laughs) Unless you were living under a rock. Yeah, no kidding. Unless you're like... Unless you're like six years old and you just found out what football was, you should know that. Uh, but, uh, you know, Tampa Bay has signed Tom Brady. But they have something else in common. Um, they both made huge splashes in free agency, namely at the quarterback position. Uh, Tampa Bay, as I just mentioned, picked up Tom Brady. And New England, very recent. This news is still hot on the oven. Hot on the stove is what I meant to say. They uh, they just went out <laughs> and signed Cam Newton after everyone thought he might sit out a year or he might take a backup position somewhere. Here comes Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft, and they just kind of hop in here like they do, the Patriot way, and they just, uh, under everybody's noses, come out here and sign whom I believe still has a lot left to give. He's just a little older than Andrew Luck is, and he still has, I believe, he still has prime football left in him. Um, at least five years of prime football left. He's like 31 years old. He struggled mm-hmm. with some injuries recently. Uh, he had uh, surgery on his shoulder, kind of similar to Andrew Luck. He, I believe he had to have surgery on his ankle. Uh, did he break his ankle? Did He have? He had some kind of problem with his ankle. Um, but he seems to be healthy now. And he was just kind of sitting out there, just working out, staying healthy, staying prepared. And New England, the New England Patriots, uh, the greatest dynasty over the last two decades, uh, perhaps the greatest dynasty ever in the history of the NFL, uh, they go out just when everything looked grim, just when everything looked like there was no hope, just when everything was pointing towards the Buffalo Bills winning the division for the first time in forever. The Patriots come out and sign Cam Newton. So it's just I have too good to be true. It is, man. I don't even. It's like I don't even believe that it's actually happened. I'm in a dream or a nightmare, if you will, whichever uh, you prefer to use. And the Patriots signed Cam Newton, and I'm just pinching myself, and I'm trying to wake up. Um, but you know, for better or for worse, this is real. And I'm happy for Cam Newton. Can't stand the Patriots, and I hate it. They're the ones that got him. So I'm conflicted in my heart, Nate. But I have divulged all of that to ask the question the million dollar question who will have a better season well you know in the beginning of our podcasting careers we get on division winners and also ranking the rest of the division and me and you both agreed that it definitely was not the patriots that was going to be the champions of the AFC East. Well, 
I think it's time to say that is actually about to change. Yes. With Cam Newton being fully healthy and still having something left in the tank and still having a great defense, the New England Patriots, there is absolutely no reason that the New England Patriots shouldn't take their division crown again. And to answer the question, who will have a better season, if Cam Newton wasn't there, it would have definitely been the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes. But Cam Newton is a New England Patriot, and you have Bill Belichick as your coach. It's going to be the New England Patriots. Yeah. Nate, maybe this was, maybe some people were thinking this is where we were going to have a debate, but I'm not even going to act like that. <laughs> I'm on the same page as you, brother. Um, as much as I'm behind the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year, they have an unbelievable offense on paper. They oh, yeah. are absolutely oh, yeah. stacked. Uh, yes, you cannot absolutely. ignore that fact. Uh, Gronkowski, Tom Brady, um, wideouts names who escaped me. Mike right Evans. Now. Mike Evans and Godwin, right? Yes. Godwin, uh, who actually wore number 12 before Brady came to town and reluctantly but willingly at the same time gave it up to one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Um, they're just stacked, but there there's a there's an outlier here, Nate. Um, not only do the New England England Patriots now have a quarterback who was just five years ago the league MVP, who just five years ago led the Carolina Panthers to a 15-1 season, who just five years ago took that same Carolina Panthers to the Super Bowl, just swept through the playoffs like nothing, is fully healthy for perhaps the first time since then. He is on one of the greatest teams, coached by the greatest coach of all time. The defense for the Patriots, in spite of losing some key pieces, still have the greatest quarterback in the league right now. Bill Belichick is one of the smartest defensive minds in football. I think the Patriots, despite still having questions at the wide receiver position, I don't think that's as big of a problem with Cam Newton. Uh, Tom Brady, he didn't have a terrible year last year, but he definitely didn't perform the way he usually does. And Mm -hmm. there were clearly problems with the wide receiver position. He did not have nearly enough weapons. Julian Edelman's still on this team. He's he's still got that fire in him. Um, And Mohamed Sanu, he can be good in moments. Um, They have some project players uh, at the wide receiver position um, that they're still looking at, still trying to help progress. Um, But I think, especially if they're willing to get creative with a fully healthy Cam Newton, and this defense that they still have with Stephon Gilmore leading the way and the defensive prowess of Bill Belichick, Nate, not only are they going to have the better season, um, I have to I have to retract my prediction for the AFC East division winner. It's going to be the New England Patriots. Cam Newton was yeah. the missing key, and none of us saw it. And although Tampa Bay's uh-huh. offense is incredible, at least on paper, we got to see how they mesh once the season starts. But on paper, the Bucks' offense is phenomenal. Their defense leaves a whole lot to be desired. And and to sum up my point so that you can get on to yours, 
Um, the New England <laughs> Patriots, uh, yeah, New England Patriots, I can say, will have the better season this year. Man, I hate that. I hate that yeah. after everything. The Patriots still going to pull it out. Yeah, it's the Colts fans. We do still hate the Patriots, but you got to also be real. Like they're a dynasty for a reason. Yeah, and it's because of Bill Belichick being the one of the best coaches in the history of the NFL. And the only thing that is holding back the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is their defense. And their <sighs> defense was not that good last year. And a lot of people are saying, well, they had this going on. They had that going on. And they're like, on paper, they look fantastic. So they're definitely going to be a great defense this year. And it's like, well, you can go back to the Cleveland Browns. They definitely have a great, great roster. And you definitely seen them being a top five, top ten team. But obviously, they were in the bottom of the 32 teams. So it's like, you can't just go on paper anymore. It's no. like, they have to show it. And if they can't show it, then obviously, they're not the best. And um, that's where... Tampa Bay Buccaneers for me is kind of like a mystery is their defense. If it wasn't because if it it wasn't because of their offense, um, that is more, more than likely going to keep them in games. They would probably be a bottom five in the NFL. Yeah. The defense got to show some improvement, but until then, uh, I think I can speak for both of us, Nate, it's Patriots. If you're comparing the two teams, I think it's Patriots all the way. Oh yeah. And it's like Patrick Mahomes. If it wasn't for him, more than likely, the Chiefs wouldn't be um, Super Bowl champions. Right. Just just extra out there. Just throw that out there. Just yeah, extra. well, and that's actually a great segue because before we move on to our final topic of the episode, we cannot talk about NFL news without talking about Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, Ooh. Uh, yeah, this was a big old bomb just dropped in the middle of nothing going on. Um, kind of out of the blue, it has recently been announced that um, and confirmed by the organization and by Patrick Mahomes that he is locked down with a no-trade clause, the whole nine yards, an injury guarantee, everything. He is locked down to stay in Kansas City through the 2031 season. And let's just kind of break down some numbers, Nate. I'm not even going to get into specifics because the number is so big. Um but just kind of rounding off the number, he's he's setting out to make about $500 million over the next 10 years. And, Nate, I am no mathematician. Ooh. I'm no mathematician, but I'm pretty sure that breaks down to about 50 mil a year. That's pretty darn close. <laughs> and I could do a lot with that. Patrick Bones. Ooh, give me some of that money. There. No, give me some man. of that money. He's gonna be—he's gonna be taking a shower in money. He's gonna be drinking money. He's gonna he's be swimming in it. He's, he's gonna, gonna be swimming. He's, in he's it. like Uncle Scrooge, man. He's Uncle Scrooge <laughs> going that little money bin and just take a dive in that money. It's man. I—I I believe this is the longest guaranteed, like lockdown contract. Um. This is easily the biggest in NFL history, and no not even player, just NFL, not even just NFL. Wow, well, well, sports I think, history. I think MLB comes close because they sign their players to like crazy long deals, but not to this, not quite to this magnitude. Um, it's a ten-year deal. I don't think any player has ever come close to a ten-year deal. I know um, John Gruden was was signed to ten years by the Raiders, but he's the he's the head coach. Um, yeah. Before this, 
a, a player signing a 10-year deal being offered a 10-year deal was unheard of. <clears throat> and so, yeah. We'll spend a whole lot of time here, but we have to mention that if we're going to have any kind of discussion on NFL news. Congratulations well, to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Um, that's more money than I will see in 25 lifetimes. Um, and, you know, the guy deserves it. He he, he has yeah. made such a splash. Um, one of and the most breakout stars in the league today. He's had one of the greatest two-year stretches in NFL history. Yeah, and um, I was just wanting to back up uh, your um, uh, top uh, the topic. Uh, there has been other deals in the NFL where it involved ten years, um, ten year deals, and that is with Brett Favre in two thousand one. You have Drew Bledsoe two thousand one. Have Donovan McNabb in two. Dante Culpepper in two thousand three. And then you had Michael Vick in 2004. All oh these my guys gosh. received 10-year deals. Drew Bledsoe, that's perhaps the worst decision that Bill Belichick and the Patriots ever made. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and, and Dante it was from Cole the Pepper, Patriots, yeah. Donovan McNabb, all, all these guys that had a few great seasons. But, man, that's a lot of years to just eat when those guys didn't work out. Like, Brett Favre was oh, probably yeah. the only other one that's – only other 10-year deal out of those mentioned that really worked out over the long term. So, but I think Patrick Mahomes is one of those guys that'll make uh that'll that'll definitely work out. I think he's going to get mm-hmm. he's going to grab at least two at least two more Super Bowls over the next 10 and, years. And and you want to know their differences? Uh Patrick Mahomes is making what again? Like 500 million almost mm. in this 10-year yeah. span. Okay. <clears throat> 130 million. Dante Culpepper, 102 million. <laughs> Donovan McNabb, 115 million. So, 103 Ooh. million. Favre, 100 million. So, these guys are not even in the same ballpark as Patrick Mahomes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's just an astronomical amount, uh, amount of money. I can't even wrap my mind around that kind of money. But yeah, congrats, congratulations, Dude. Patrick. Yes. Yeah. To round out our uh, pod for this week's episode, uh, before we get into have some fun, <laughs> yes, you get a little uh, get a little fun topic to round out the episode. Uh, top five sports movies of all time. We thought this would be uh, a great. Uh, break away from the traditional news and topics that we cover to just kind of mention uh, top five sports movies of all time granted this is all subject to personal opinion so don't yes. pop on our twitter at gfi podcast <laughs> slamming us because you think our picks are stupid because let me tell you you're probably not going to understand all of my movie picks but i don't care these are the most influential movies to me growing up sports movies growing up um so nate i'm gonna give you the choice did you want to start off with this you want me to go first uh dude uh i'll let you go first brother all right that's fine that is fine so i'm gonna start off i I have mine in an ordered list i'm gonna start off with number five and work my way down all right all right sounds good and not all of these are football movies as a matter of fact only two of these are football movies so 
with my number five, um, top five, the fifth greatest sports movie of all time, I have Lori Road. Basketball Glory movie. Lori Road. Yeah, you've seen Glory Road, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I have. It was um, a small uh, uh, school coach, coached uh, girls uh, in, in the beginning of the movie. And then uh, he ended up getting picked to <gasps> coach a college. And uh, he went all out in changing the nature and culture of that college and ended up bringing uh, a lot of black players. And back then, it was like in the 60s, I want to say, or probably less than that, to be honest. I believe so. 50s uh, 50s. Yeah. And uh, basically going against what, obviously, during that time, what was going on and obviously proved everybody wrong. It was a great movie. Absolutely. It was a f- fantastic movie and it highlights some of the struggles the you know, the, the race relations going on and, and struggles between um, black Americans and white Americans. And um, it, it was really cool because the final game, the championship game, uh, he sits all the white players. He only plays the black players. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, all the white players, even though they're disappointed, they don't get to play in the championship game. You know, they understand and they support their black teammates and, and they go out mm-hmm. and, you know, they win that game. Based on a true story, fantastic movie. If you haven't seen it somehow, I recommend you watch it. Um, fourth that was movie. good. That was good. Thank you. Thank you. Fourth movie on my list, I have as Remember the Titans. Yeah, buddy. I don't think any longtime football fan has not seen this movie a million times. Um, I often forget that it was actually, um, like, produced and directed through disney um but it's a another true you know true story during times of, of segregation and and you yeah. know um a lot of the civil rights movement is that your movement. theme right now is that um, your whole theme for these stuff <laughs> it definitely seems like it um after this we kind of we kind of stray into different territory but uh, oh, um okay all right, all right but yes remember the titans uh i grew up watching this movie i love this movie uh, I, I, it just, it really highlighted, you know, I loved everything about this film all the way through. And, and perhaps the biggest thing that I loved about it was how it portrays the players coming together during a time of a lot of civil unrest and a lot of changes, um, and, you know, um, going on at the time and, you know, the whole story, I'm, I'm, as I'm sure everyone knows, they hire, uh, the hire as a part of their new program, they hire a black coach to come in and uh, take over the head coach position. Um, they take it away from Coach Yost, who was the longtime head coach there. Uh, and he takes this team, and it's right at the time of integration. Uh, they're starting to integrate the schools, and so a lot of black players come in. They try out, and you have this you know team full of black and white players for the really the first time, and it's kind of a culture shock um, to to everyone involved. And you know through through off-season workouts and, and practice and stuff leading up to the season. It shows how they come together. They start off very divided. Uh, fights break out. Uh, they hate each other. But then by the end, they come together um, and they, they unite as a team. And they all learn a lesson in acceptance. Um, you know, the white players, they learn a lesson in acceptance of their of their black teammates. And they become it becomes a brotherhood. And, again, based on a true story, um, at one point, the coach gets th- – his job gets threatened as kind of a loophole, basically – to get Coach Yost's job back. Coach Yost wasn't involved in this scheme. As a matter of fact, he helped to 
to fight against it in a sense. But basically, if they lost one game, then uh, the black coach they hired, he would lose his job. And so that mm-hmm. whole season, that's kind of the underlying tone for the whole whole movie is like they have to win their games or, you know, the head coach, he loses his job. And so mm-hmm. it just it's an incredible movie, and I and I digress. But quickly moving on, <laughs> number three, um, greatest sports movie of all time is Miracle. Uh, the uh, movie based on was it the nineteen seventy nine U.S. hockey team facing off against the Soviet Union? The Soviet Union at the time was the country to beat in the Olympics uh, at hockey. And they were like the Goliath, and they were just mowing down and, and chewing up and spitting out all these other countries in the Olympics, um, in the Olympic Games for hockey. And um, Miracle follows the story of a new coach who who gets together these ragtag group of, of young guys, uh, hockey players, fresh out of college, and they don't mesh real well. There's there's players from uh, basically rival colleges that come together, and there's fights, and they don't get they don't get along at first. They have a rough start um, to. Um, to their season, so to speak. And it's an incredible historically based movie on a team of underdogs. I guess that's kind of my, my underlying theme. All of these movies, um, they're underdogs and, and miracle. Uh, there's no exception here with, with the movie miracle. <laughs> um, underdogs no, not, not Soviet Union. Definitely not just underdog stories, but also still, uh, true stories. So yes. that's so far your theme right now. too. Yeah. Yeah. True stories, true underdog stories. And, uh, they're definitely uh, definitely an underdog story um, that is followed in Miracle, but phenomenal. There's one there's one scene in that movie that stands out to me. Um, they uh, they were messing around. They lost uh, they lost one night, and the uh, the coach had them all line up right after the game, and they had to do like these sprints back and forth down the ice, and they did it. The coach made them do it long after. Uh, the maintenance uh, maintenance uh, crew turned off the lights and turned off the power to the rink, and he kept blowing his whistle and kept making them go back and forth and back and forth till they were puked. Um, and it just shows that tough demeanor of the coach and how he wanted to beat that complacency out of them to make them great because he knew they could be great. So, mm-hmm. fantastic movie. Uh, second greatest sports movie of all time is Hoosiers. I grew up on this movie from the soundtrack, the music, uh, you know, the uh, the style of the film. Uh, and again, this coach comes in, new coach, kind of has a bad reputation, got into some trouble the last time he was he coached, comes in and, and takes these ragtag group of kids, uh, you know, small town USA. They just love to play basketball and he turns them into championship contenders. Not a true story, still an underdog story. Um, you know, new coach come to town type story. Um, but Hoosiers that's such a widely regarded movie and you know it pays it kind of pays respect to where we are nate uh being in the lovely state of indiana so um hoosiers is a great uh great basketball movie and nate i'm i want to know if you've ever heard of this movie because i honestly don't know how popular it is but my number one top uh sports movie of all time this is what will probably get me a lot of flack um it's it's not based on true story, but it does involve an underdog team. It's about a high school football team. Uh, the high school is getting ready to go down. They're getting ready to merge with their rival school. Um, it's out of Athens, Alabama. Longtime coach. His son died on the football field years prior, 
He comes back for Athens uh, high school football last their last season. That's kind of their last hurrah. And he comes back and he coaches this team um, to the championship game where they face off against the three years running undefeated, uh, not even lost a single half of a game. Um, leads them to that game for their final game ever. This movie is called Hometown Legend. This is, without a doubt, my favorite sports movie. I grew up watching this movie. It's hilarious to me. It's it, you know it pulls at the heartstrings, um, and it's just an awesome movie about these underdogs. You know this underdog high school team. You know that they're they're not going to be around after this year, and you keep hoping that they're going to be and. It's just, it's a great movie, and it's probably not one that a lot of people have heard of, but it's special to me, and that is my number one favorite uh, or top sports movie of all time, Hometown Legend. Yeah, you're right about some people never hearing of it, and I'm one of them, so I'm kind of looking it up right now. Oh, you and I have to watch this movie. Hometown Legend, okay. In 2002, okay. We'll have to make some time. Make it some time. Absolutely. And me and you are definitely not on the same boat when it comes to <laughs> movies. I can tell you that because I'm not even close to some of your uh, picks and uh, reasoning of picking. And mine probably sound more kiddish than anything. But like you said, this is just our personal opinion of what we grew up with, what we watched, you know, as kids. And, um, still watch today i'm not going to deny it i i still watch most of these movies um but number five to me gridiron gang starring uh the rock johnson and um it's about these uh group of kids being troublemakers uh, growing up in these bad neighborhoods and being sent to these uh uh quote-unquote jail uh places and uh he uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson ends up uh, creating a football program, and they end up competing with local high schools. And it's just pretty cool with all the backstories. And this is based on a true story too. And um, it's a pretty neat film. I love it. And just because it has Dwayne the Rock Johnson, I'll be honest, that's part of the main reason why I watched it. Because I'll admit it, I have a man crush on the guy. He's pretty cool, <laughs> awesome. I don't uh, blame you, <laughs> but. But that is a great movie. If you haven't watched Dirt Gridiron Gang, one one of the best movies, in my opinion. Um, at number four, I definitely watched this growing up as a kid, and I would nonstop watch watch it over and over. And that is the first movie of the Air Bud series. Air Bud was awesome, totally cool. It made me want to have a golden retriever as a pet <laughs> and, and teach it how to shoot baskets. <clears throat> this was one of the best movies in my lifetime that I would just watch over and over. I forgot about Air Bud, man. I loved Air, Air Bud. Air Bud, yes, Air Bud. And uh, after, I want to say basically after the second movie, maybe maybe after the third it just became ridiculous. I'm not going to lie. And then especially with um, Air Buddies. Oh, the disgrace <laughs> to the Air Bud franchise. I'm sorry. I can't get behind that. I've seen most of their movies. 
just because I have all kinds of nieces and nephews watching it. And probably one day my <clears throat> kids will start watching it. And trust me, I'm probably going to hold in my vomit just because how horrible that franchise has gone from the originals. But yes, Air Bud is my fourth. I love the series all one right, through three. Right. So we'll go with that. And number three, Cool Runnings. Not a lot of people know about Cool Runnings. Uh, Disney production um, produced it. And um, it's about Jamaican bobsled team. Also based on a true story where... In bobsledding, a Jamaican bobsled team was non-existent. And that was where kind of the racism thing came into play um, in that time. And uh, it's just hilarious. If you haven't seen it, watch it. There's there's just one time, this one uh, part of it before they went to go bobsledding, that Sanka is a professional uh, uh, push cart driver. And they had an event where they would start on top of the hill and then just guide their cart to the bottom of the hill and the finish line. This is just this huge event. And somehow Sanka loses control of his cart and he runs into this little barn, this little shed with chickens and eggs and who knows what's in there. And then... His best friend checks on him after the crash and asks him if he's dead. And he goes, Yaman. Yeah, I might have peed, peed a little, pretty much is how he put it. It's just a hilarious movie. I love that movie. I totally great movie to watch. That. Yeah, great it's movie. It's on to Disney watch. Plus. It is on Disney Plus. So if you have Disney Plus, <clears throat> go check that out. Uh, and this one's a classic. I. I, you might. I don't know if this was your honorable mentions or not, but The Sandlot, man, one of the greatest oh. movies of all time. The Sandlot. How can I, I forget about The Sandlot? Oh my god! I don't god. know. How did you forget? Come on. Oh. It's it's okay. It's no big deal. There's, to be honest, this there's so many movies, sports movies especially that we could have chose from, and it's just very hard to pick out five movies. Yes, it is. It is very hard because you grew up watching these movies. Yeah, that's yes, a good one, though. I'm not. I'm not even going to describe the Sandlot. Everybody, <laughs> everybody should know it. To be honest, my wife has never seen it. I've been begging um, her to watch um, it. So, um, what? Yeah, I know. My wife has never seen it. So one of these nights, we're going to sit down. We're going to watch the Sandlot, and she's going to be seeing what she's missed. Nate. Nate, you gotta lead your family, brother. You gotta lead your family. That's that's despicable. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you lose your American citizenship if you've not seen. Hey, this. hey, now, hey, now, hey, now. Those are fighting words out right there. Those are fighting <laughs> words a little bit. It's all right. It's okay. It's all right. We're working through it. It's not going to do anything to our marriage. Our marriage is solid. I sure hope not. <laughs> but seriously, you gotta you gotta find a way to trick her into watching that movie or something. Hey, I'll do. I'll figure it out. I promise. <laughs> I will figure it out. And number one, the Mighty Ducks is my number one favorite sports movies. They are awesome movies, in my opinion. I am a big fan of the Mighty Ducks, especially their jerseys. Oh. If I could afford it, I would buy their jerseys. 
And then the mini, the the professional ducks was actually inspired by the movie. Uh, so that was a, a fact that m- probably not a lot of people know about. But uh, yeah, one of my one of my favorite movies as a kid growing up. Wow, awesome, awesome yeah, that's movie. that's a great that's a great pick. I love your I love your list. I, like you said, uh, <laughs> we were not on the same page there, but uh, I think we both put out some some uh, great movies for consideration. Hey, Bombay all the way, bud. The Mighty <laughs> Ducks take the win, man. The, especially that mu- their music, the the theme song of the Mighty Ducks, man. It just gets you pumped up and ready to go have a victory of some kind. <laughs> so let us know again at GFI Podcast. Go to Twitter if you haven't already. Like our Twitter page. Uh, and let us know what your top five sports movies of all time are. And let us know how much you hate our lists. Um, just do it nicely, please. They're probably going like to do that, yeah. I, I, think, I think they're going to say how much they hate it. They're probably <laughs> going to be like, you guys are too much kid-friendly. What about these other movies? I mean, um, do you have any honorable mentions? Do you have um, any that you wish you could have put on the list? Facing the Giants is one. It's a it's a Christian based movie. But I you you've probably seen Facing the Giants. I you? have seen Facing the Giants. Yes. Okay. Um, that's a pretty good one. It's a faith based film, but um, it's really good quality in my opinion, and uh, uh, has a great message to it. And um, uh, there are there are ones you mentioned, like specifically the Sandlot. I wish I would have I wish I would have thought about Sandlot. Um, I know but, probably a lot of people wouldn't agree the Mighty Ducks being in front of Sandlot. But no let's one, be honest. Hey, no one would after, agree with mine. They don't even know what I'm, mine is. But, but I'm, I'm just telling you, after the first movie, the the next two or three after that were just ridiculous. Like, they basically took the same part of the story into these other movies, and then they just became ridiculous. Like, they should have just had the one. I don't yeah. know if you've seen any of the other ones, but they're dumb. In my opinion, the worst decision to do. And that's why I have Mighty Ducks number one, because one through three, their movies have been great. I love their movies. Mm-hmm. And then there's been rumors about them uh, remaking it. I'm like, so for that. I'm Let's surprised do they it. haven't already. Yeah. So I'd be down. I'd watch them. Yeah, and um, if you don't mind, I'll say a couple of my honorable mentions. Absolutely. Um, this one, this one kind of, kind of got me a little bit. I kind of wish I did put it in my top five. I I actually wanted to put it at number one just because of how close it is as a Colts fan. Uh, but if you have not seen the movie Greater, it is a great, great movie. It is about uh, Brandon Bullsworth, and it is about a guy that was told all of his life because he kept saying, I'm going to be a professional football player. I'm going to go to a big school. I'm going to go to University of Arkansas, and I'm going to be a top player in the class, and I'm going to be drafted in the NFL. And uh, he was told that he was too small that he would definitely not make it into the NFL. And uh, he worked so hard to get into the NFL. 
or excuse me, he worked so hard to make it to Arkansas, which he did make it to Arkansas, and he became one of the best offensive linemen in Arkansas history and probably even in college football history. And he ended up getting drafted by the Indianapolis Colts. I don't know if you didn't know that. That's a little side fact for you. Um, but sadly, his career with the Indianapolis Colts was cut short due to a um, car accident that he didn't even get to play a snap in the NFL. Um, oh, I've heard. I've heard of him. I, I don't know much about it. I've never seen the movie, but I've heard of him. If you get the chance, watch it. Greater is wow. a great movie. I believe it's still on Netflix. You could try it there. If not, you can watch it on YouTube for only three dollars. I mean, come on. That's yeah. three dollars well spent. Wow, I might have to. That sounds that sounds incredible. I love stories like that. Yeah, uh, if if you want, go see it. And everybody knows Space Jam. <laughs> Space <laughs> Jam was one of my movies growing up as well. But you know, Michael Jordan, you can't go wrong with that story. And to be honest, I probably thought it was real that he actually got to play with uh, Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck back then. <laughs> I was only two three years old at the time who knows yeah you know, those, were, those were pretty cool memories yeah and uh something to definitely remember i mean there's tons of movies man yeah the you can rookie go on, of the year. on yeah have you seen rookie of the year i have not rookie of the year is about a kid that breaks his arm and then it heals up weirdly to where he can throw super super fast and uh scouts from the major league baseball seen him and he ended up going to the chicago cubs drafted at only 13 years old oh uh yeah i've never seen that i i've okay. seen uh, one movie that that i just remembered uh it's called the rookie with dennis quaid yep. he's like uh yep. he, he played baseball i think he got hurt but then he ends up getting picked up in the minor leagues or something uh after he like throws a 98 mile per hour fastball or something and yeah um, that especially was at his age <laughs> yeah yeah especially at the age that he was doing it at for sure yeah so yeah uh, there are tons field of, of dreams too yeah field, field of dreams just, build it and they yes. will come yep and uh the only reason why i bring that up is because um sometime this month or next month i believe they're supposed to be <clears> in the major league baseball they're supposed to have a game at the actual field have, have you heard that oh yes 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 yeah I, I know believe it's supposed to be the thing. White Sox. I think it's the White Sox versus the, I want to say the Yankees. I want to say the Yankees, but I could be wrong. I think you might be right, actually. Yeah, I'm, I remember that. I, I know what you're saying. I forgot about it, but yeah, they're they're trying to put something together for that to play yeah. on. But anyway, yeah, there's tons of movies. Sorry. Angels in the Outfield. Go on. Yes, another great movie. Yes. <laughs> All these movies are coming to my mind now. Angels in the Outfield. I loved that movie. Oh my goodness. Well, we have to move on. We could. Yeah. We could. <laughs> we, we could go, go on, on and on. on. We could go but, on and on. Yes. Let us know at GFI Podcast what your fave uh, five sports movies of all time are. So Nate, without further ado, would you like to reveal the answer to this week's trivia question? What head coach coached in Baltimore and? in indianapolis not too long ago we had a question where it was they played for the colts and also coached the colts but this one is he coached at baltimore and also coached in indianapolis 
And that is good. Ted Marchabroda. He was head co- head coach for the Indianapolis Colts. Two different cities, two different decades. First in Baltimore during the 1970s, and then in Indianapolis during the early 1990s. There were a lot of rough years for Ted Marchabroda, but I think overall he's very much respected uh, amongst uh, longtime Colts fans uh, that know of him and know his story. Um, you know, once Colt, always a Colt. So, great Hallelujah. question. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this week's episode. Let us know your thoughts on uh, the topics that we discussed um, over on our Twitter, at GFI Podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. If this is your first time, hopefully you enjoyed what you heard, and uh, we'd love to have you back moving forward. So don't forget to you know follow, subscribe on whatever uh, podcast platform you're listening on. We'd love to keep you, you know, keep you listening, and we'd also love to continue more conversations over on our Twitter page, at GFI Podcast. So without further ado, hope y'all are staying healthy. Hope y'all are having a good summer. And um, we will catch you on our next episode, guys. Thank you so much. Go and have an awesome day. Awesome week. See you all later. God bless you.